You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about Joss Whedon directing Batgirl, Beyonce as Nala in The Lion King, and Michael Bay directing an El Chapo movie? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Simon. We're both exhausted today. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? Good night. I'm just going to take a nap. <laughs> we both came in and we're like, how are you, Todd? How are you tired? Welcome to Meet the Movie Press, yes. though. We are, we are laboring on... Uh, we do it for the love of the show and for the love of you guys. I'm yeah. Jeff Snyder, editor in chief of the Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Insnyder. With me, as always, is Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Shoby Simon, and I have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. So, both tired for very different reasons. Yes. You've been in Vegas. I, I have been in Vegas. A few uh, things happened there this week. Uh, yes. Yeah. CinemaCon, uh, a, a terrible night at the blackjack table. Oh. Uh, you know, we're definitely going to get into all that stuff and all the cool trailers that, yeah. that I saw. Some yeah. of, Most of which have hit the net. It's like, why do I even bother going to the CinemaCon? <laughs> it always happens. It's like, it's it's like, like a, a Comic-Con in the summer. As soon as it's played out in the halls, it's like it's online. It's like, oh, could have watched that at home in my pants. Sometimes the trailers even popped up before the presentation. It's oh, ridiculous. Wow. Oh, okay. But I that. we're going to start the show yeah. talking about what you see behind us. Mm. A new logo. A new logo. Yeah. Meet the movie press. And guys, Simon Thompson has top billing. <laughs> I, I just saw that. I, I, <laughs> I wasn't even aware of that. I, you know I, like, I, did, I didn't oh. even want to put up a fight because you know what? Simon is the true star of this show. That's uh, what I've come to realize. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Very nice of you to say so. I'm happy. You know what? I, I'm happy to play the, I guess I would be the rock to your Second Kevin Hart. Fiddle. Yeah, yeah you're, my, you're my Kevin Hart. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think what we should do, though, is obviously if, if you're listening to this, you're not watching it, this yes. whole thing about the logo will make no sense whatsoever. That's Imagine true. it. Imagine it. I was wondering if we should get our faces put in the little cells <laughs> there. I think it should just be yeah? Kevin Hart and The Rock. We often get confused for Kevin Hart and The Rock. So, um, yeah. Okay, no. For realsies, mm. let's start the show this yeah. week by talking about Joss Whedon. Yeah, let's. Doing Batgirl. Mm. Huge news. Huge. Out of Dave McNary at Variety. Uh, during CinemaCon, the man mm. is a machine. And uh, th- not this, literally. This kind of—he—he is not—he's not a cyborg. Machine, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this kind of surprised me. Mm. I mean, I know Joss has sort of hinted that he might come back to the world of, of comic book movies and superhero movies. Yeah. He obviously has a long history uh, doing, you know, creating content with with strong women at its core. Buffy yep. the Vampire Slayer, uh, obviously being one of them. What what are you what are your thoughts on Joss coming back to this world to do back? I think it's great because he did really really well, especially with the first Avengers movie where he was really kind of left to his own. He did a great job with that. I think the second Avengers movie for him was not the best experience. But what was really interesting for me is the fact I saw this story break at sort of about ten o'clock yesterday morning. Um, and I literally had a conversation about two weeks ago with somebody saying, I thought that Joss Whedon would be back directing a comic book movie, and I would thoroughly expect it to be a DC movie. And then obviously this breaks yesterday. So and I was told that was going to not happen. That was like mm-hmm. rubbish. Um, but no, I think it's great. I really, really genuinely would like well, to see this movie. Well, it's huge for the DCU if they can get someone of Joss Whedon's caliber in there. Uh... Well, also, we've, I mean, no disrespect to Alicia Silverstone, but we, <laughs> you know, Batgirl there was not great. That, so, doesn't, that doesn't even count. 
Does it? It's like no, I mean, it doesn't count, yeah. but it kind of counts and a little bit. Um, but now I think it's really good. It's a character I think is rife. You know, for for some really exciting things, especially with the way that the the universe is shaping up these days, I think it's great. Again, it's a standalone I would, I, movie. I, I'd, as well. I'd rather see this character introduced in another movie than just right off the bat get, getting a standalone. It, it just to me, it again smacks of the incompetence that I see at DC every day. Mm. I mean, how how many movies have been announced in the last few weeks that they're just jamming these DC movies in there, whether mm. it's Batgirl or Black Adam or Gotham City Sirens, and and it all seems to be about the talent that they can get. Yeah. It's just how big is the DCEU? Well, I think, I mean, I'm, I I totally get that, totally understand that. But the way that I'm looking at this is kind of the way that I've, and let's, you have to kind and of And the Robin movie, let's not forget yeah. that. Um, I, I think DC is starting to learn from, from Marvel by the fact that you can actually benefit by a character rather than having them introduced as, as like a subplot. Sometimes it works like it did with Spidey mm-hmm. uh, in Captain America last year. But I think sometimes, as we're seeing with things like Ant-Man, with Doctor Strange, actually if you give these characters rooms to, to do their own origin story and introduce them and set them up, it does mean that you can then put them in a bit more... When they, when they join as part of a larger universe picture, then... They're already established, and you don't have to kind of waste right, time on that. reverse yeah, engineering Half it. the job is is done. And I think also, especially with this, you know, there is a hunger for these strong female characters and roles. That was, that was the buzzword at CinemaCon this year. Everything is empowered. Yeah. A- a- every, I mean, it, basically, it, you should have seen these executives patting themselves on the back for even, like, thinking about... women. For, it, it was women. unbelievable. Well if there's done. a woman in the movie, yeah. it's it's empowered. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that, you know, that... This makes a lot of sense, mm. Batgirl, and obviously if you can get Joss Whedon to do it, yeah. you pretty much have to. But again, it just speaks to there seems to be no plan whatsoever mm. at the DC uh, up at the DC universe. It, it is just such a mess. I, I can't even get into it. No, I, I agree with that. But I mean, I, I just think that this is is out of like, all the characters they're looking at doing as a standalone and setting them up. I think Robin and Batgirl are two that I think would definitely immediately have an audience. And by Robin, we mean that we're talking about the Nightwing. Movie. Yes, yeah. Nightwing. Um, I, I think that we will. You know, you, you have that audience built in, and I think it's kind of less taking a risk, like sort of they, Disney did with doing the Star Wars stories rather than another Star Wars movie. That was a bit of a risk for them. I think, actually, this is going to be a risk that will pay off for the DC Universe and could actually be the little little secret in their pocket. Okay, fair enough. So I'm certainly interested. What did you think of the new Justice League trailer? Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it, it seems to me to be more on the spectacle and I think that's one of the... You think? Yeah. <laughs> but it's that's one of the biggest flaws, I think, that we see in DC is it is... I mean, I, I definitely want to see it. I'm totally on board with it. But it seems to be more about the spectacle than the substance. And it concerns me a little bit. I do want to see it. Definitely want to see it. I do like seeing more of the characters. I don't want to see much more, if I'm honest, because I don't want to lose that impetus and lose that surprise for when the film comes out. But it certainly really got me interested in the movie. I mean, to be honest with you, the first trailer had me... You know, I, th- I, thought, I thought it looked it. horrible. 
And that really? Looks absolutely terrible. And I think that was definitely the feeling at CinemaCon. Wow. That this movie is going to be atrocious. I mean, that is why you have to space these movies out and give mm. time for some course correction. I think that's Because they, they were so, like, they, they just ramped up Justice League right on the heels of Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. Mm. Like, there was no time to, like, think maybe we should give this to a different director. Like, Zach had already started pre-production on it. Oh, I well, think it looks like a goddamn nightmare. Which I think is, is, as you say, part of the problem because they couldn't reschedule it. They couldn't. If you start to move stuff or reschedule stuff or push you back, this train was already in motion. So it was already on the tracks. It was already starting to chug ahead. If they'd have messed around with that scheduling, I think they would have probably people would have gone. The, you know how it happens online. Like, oh, oh, they've moved Justice League. It's obviously troubled. It might not be the best film. I think this might be, hopefully, the, the end of this rot for them. But if we look at, say, Batman versus Superman, we look at Suicide Squad, they both had excellent trailers that people were like, yes, this looks amazing. I know. I thought Suicide Squad so looked I think tremendous. It might be on the flip side of that, is if the trailer doesn't get you, and actually the film is then great, rather than the trailer being great and the film not being great. The trailer that hit online, I thought, looked like garbage. That We did see a little bit more at CinemaCon, and there mm. was an awesome moment where, like, Wonder Woman, her, you know, she has lost her sword. Yeah. The sword is falling. She's reaching out. She can't get to it. And yeah. the flash just comes in and, like, boop. Like, Nice. Uh, you know, with an assist, she gets it back, um, and it's that kind of teamwork that I that I would like to see. Instead, uh, you know, from what the, from the publicly released materials, I don't see a lot of teamwork. Yeah, I think I that's just see fair. individual characters doing their thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I can't get excited for this movie, and, and you know what? Half the movies that they showed at CinemaCon, I can't get excited for. Mm. That's why something like War for the Planet of the Apes honestly stood out amongst yeah. everything because what we saw in Vegas, like rather than this large spectacle mm. and we're going to blow your fucking eardrums out and blow your eyeballs out through the back of your head, it was just a quiet, character-driven scene and it was beautiful. And the work, God, these apes look so fucking lifelike now. Oh, it's gotcha. crazy. They look more real than real apes. I've, I've watched that trailer so many times since it was released yesterday. I mean, the, the trailer obviously needs to have those big moments, mm. you know, with, with guns and explosions. But oh, if you could see the se- sequence and uh, the new ape played by Steve Zahn, I, oh, it was just you fantastic. See, I, I think, I think that, use this as a really good example. I think that's, as a film, I think you can see the fact that it has um, the gravitas and the spectacle. And I think if we're referring back to the, to the DC movies, it's kind of one or the other. Yeah, there's no there's no gravitas. You're yeah. right, and it's these you know the, the ape movie. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know it well drawn characters, characters you care about, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You have an attachment to not just a heritage, uh, even though they're quite new characters. You you connect with them, right? And that's something I think that is still lacking from the DC universe. And I think that's why it's can be I'm, more I'm sure, of a I'm sure we're gonna sell. I'm sure we're gonna hear from the DC fans on Twitter too because sure. they are maybe the most annoying group on all of social media. I would say vocal. Uh, vocal, vocal. Uh, uh, vocally annoying. Uh, if, I, if I could say what, all, say what you mean, Jeff, I, I, I literally can't stand the fan base. But <laughs> but it's like you get accused of being a DC hater. That is not true. I will take the DC characters any day mm. over the Marvel Great characters. Ca- yeah, those are the characters that I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up reading about Ant Man and Doctor Strange. Mm. If I read comics at all, it was checking out Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. Yeah. So I I love these characters and I want to see them succeed and thrive I think uh, Zack Snyder has just blown all goodwill with me and and this Justice League movie looks fucking miserable 
So that's where I stand on that one. Five stars. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. How, but how many benefits? Like, how many benefits of the doubt can we give this universe? I'm, run, I'm running out of them. I'm running out of them. Down. But yeah. Uh, my goodness. Let's we'll see. It, let's move it along. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, Joss Whedon to direct Batgirl and <laughs> Justice League. Yeah. Hey, take, Joss Whedon. Good take, luck, buddy. Take those off. Um, I think. Let me ask you real quick. Things. Yeah. Sure. Who would you Who would you like to see Batgirl? If you could have anybody, I don't know. Actually, um, I was thinking about this yesterday. There was nobody that really sprung to mind. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I think potentially Brie Larson would have been great, but obviously she's now part of the, the Marvel Universe, so she couldn't, or she probably wouldn't and couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure, actually. I don't know. Okay. I mean, what about you? Because there was nobody literally that sprung to mind. I think a benefit for them would be if they found someone who was actually quite new and fresh. And up and coming, and there's nobody really that springs to mind for me. Again, I don't know what what age they're thinking for something like this. You know who's a really good actress mm. who could use a superhero part? Angela Lansbury, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, yeah, Carrie Mulligan. Actually. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what what age they're gonna. They should. They, how, they, they'll how, make a play for Kristen Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Which would not be the worst thing. No. She's she's a good actress. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think they, that'll be something I think that'll make a big difference, is if it's a good actress rather than somebody that just looks the part. Flavor of the month. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think you're ready for this, Jelly. Okay. <laughs> Last night, Justin oh, Kroll, our pal, yeah. dropped a story that mm. none other than Beyonce, Queen Bay, yeah. is being sought to voice Nala mm. in The Lion King for Jon Favreau over yeah. at Disney. This is a. This would be great if they can get her. I mean, and and why couldn't they? It's a it's a voice thing, right? Yeah. She hasn't done movie stuff for. A I don't know while. if they do. I mean, I guess it would be mocap, uh, right? I'm assuming so. Like that, yeah. But I don't know how intensive it would be. Nala's not necessarily a lead. She's definitely more of a supporting mm. character. Uh, this would be huge for for Disney to get Beyonce. It yeah, it would be. Um, but when I I saw this, and you know, it would likely be be true it's one of these things where do you remember about two years ago where lady gaga was attached to like all the projects yes every now and again i think it's kind of like there's musicians uh, or artists that are you know kind of attached to things and are like hey wouldn't it be great if kind of floating right. the thing and it, it sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't um i think of if they're going to do that, that I like that idea, and I think it would certainly make it a really even more saleable movie. Vocally, though, I can I can hear her as Nala. She Absolutely. has a very sort of soft, mm. soothing voice. I could see her and Donald Clever having chemistry. You see, I thought they would have just gone for someone like Gugu. Yeah, well, I know, she I obviously she's Gugu, in Jungle Book, I mean, so she's worked with John before. Uh, Gina Rodriguez, and yeah. there's someone else that somebody mentioned last night who I, who actually was a nice suggestion, but um, Rosie Perez. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean Beyonce, why, why would she turn this down? She she yeah. has young kids. I'm sure they'd love to see her doing some Disney stuff. Absolutely, and all these opportunities have been available to Beyonce over the years. She's just been focused on building a, a family and a home yeah. and uh, and her music career, putting out conceptual albums and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now I think I, I, if that happened, I think it would be great for the film. And I think, as you say, she'd she'd really enjoy it. and It would be a good fit. Whether it will happen, I don't know. Yeah, we have. But to I, I'd certainly like that idea a lot. 
we will have to sit tight and wait and see uh, what her decision will be. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, I'm sure in a, in a bizarre Instagram post or something like that. You know, <laughs> typical typical Queen Bee standards. Um, someone who will not be um, turning up in uh, a movie is Jeremy Renner uh, in Mission Impossible 6. Yeah, he was absent from the cast list at, uh, at, at Paramount's yeah. presentation at CinemaCon. Apparently not going to be able to do it because of his Marvel commitments. Right, since then, yeah, Roger Friedman over at Showbiz 4 and 1, always mm. liked uh, Roger, he is saying that uh, Jeremy's going to be busy shooting Avengers Infinity War, and yeah. that he is also going to pop up in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. I don't know how Hawkeye would be incorporated into that story, but... Uh, you see, it's funny. I think Renner's like slyly funny. Yes. Um, I think Hawkeye is probably one of the characters that is... It's a very simple character, but has a lot more to offer. And I don't think, aside from obviously his backstory that we saw previously, I think there's more that can be done with his character and more and sort of his his involvement within the adventures and you know where he sort of is centre stage and stuff like that. I, I you know. I would like to see more, but I was kind of like, really? Your commitment is that much? That I think he wants do? more to do. And I mean, last in the last Ant Man, mm. Falcon had a pretty big role, right? Yeah. Um, Maybe well, didn't he? Am I, am I imagining this? It's no, been a while. He, no, he did. Yeah, because it was um, there was that, and there was the fight between Ant Man. Right, and right, right. Falcon. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that that would be cool for me if Renner sort of took up that position. You see, I was uh, quite surprised because I did. We, we talked about this before. I thought that Jeremy Renner might actually pop in and and become the franchise lead, or you know the oh oh, and Mission Impossible. Yeah, they Mission were grooming Impossible. him to take over. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, obviously not going to happen uh, now. Uh, yeah, I wonder if maybe a few years ago people thought Tom Tom was losing a step uh, or you know uh, a couple of miles per hour off his fastball, so to yeah. speak. I don't think that's the case. Tom no. Cruise is still the fucking man to me. Hundred yeah, percent. When he came up on the screen for the Mummy uh, during Universal's I presentation, I saw your tweets. I was honestly. I, I, like a thirteen-year-old with Bieber. I told like the people sitting next to me. I was like, I could do this every Sunday. I could go to a church and see Tom Cruise come over on this big screen, and I could just sit there worshiping Tom Cruise. Um, yeah. Um, here's something that's just come up in the chat from MK Songbirds, and thanks for, for flagging this up. Apparently, Peyton Reed has tweeted this uh, earlier um, that the Russians are, are swarm tweeting that Hawkeye is in Ant Man and the Wasp hashtag fake news. So maybe he's not. Unless he's joking. Who knows? Who knows? Beats in this me. day and age. I mean, we don't I need confused facts. how Hawkeye fits into that story, but uh, I guess if Payne Reed says, you know, maybe he's not in it, maybe he's not. Or you maybe know. it's a double bluff. You never fucking know with all this shit. That's the <laughs> thing. There's How many times have Put we seen directors say yeah. one thing and, and then, you know, the other happens? Payne Reed doesn't really strike me as that kind of guy, but, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I mean the way that it was written too uh, on Roger's site, it was like mm. he's he's making two uh, the two Infinity. No, he said he was making two Avengers movies, Infinity War and mm-hmm. Ant Man and the Wasp. And I was like, well, that's not an Avengers movie, mm. is it? I don't know that I would. Call I mean, that it depends on how you want to whether you want to. Yeah, there is an Avenger in it, but. I don't know. It kind of it, like, it did throw me off. It's like Captain America wasn't an Avengers movie, but it was an Avengers movie. Yes, I suppose. Do, do so. you know? Do you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. I guess with uh, as for Mission Impossible Six though, Brant in the last one he was kind of like wallpaper. Yeah, it was like you know. But I'm kind of like if you can lose any character, I would have I would have benched Simon's Peg character. No, he as much the, as I like, like, he's become the beating heart of that franchise. I feel yeah. like, but like I actually can't. I mean, I love I, Simon Pegg, but I've I've just 
I haven't really warmed to his character in that franchise. Oh, much I, I like Benji a lot. Yeah. I like him even more than the Star Trek stuff that Peg does. Mm. Uh, but I, I think you're going to see Henry Cavill obviously come in and sort of play that role. I don't, yeah. Again, I don't know if Cavill is the villain or Tom Cruise's brother or, or you know another section of the government, like the way that uh, Renner, Renner's brand represented. Yeah. But yeah, if you have Cavill, I don't think you need Renner. Yeah, true. Sean, by the way, Sean Harris is coming back. That Ooh. was one of the things that was announced. Uh, the villain from the last film. You yeah. don't often see Mission Impossible villains carry over from one movie to the next. It's not happened in any of them so far, has it? Uh, yeah. No. Well, that's cool. I really liked him in that. Sean Harris is great. He's, a, he's an actor that is hugely underused, unfortunately, by the industry. Um, okay, so Jordan Peele. Exciting news about Jordan Peele this week. There was, but mm. one one second. I just want to check okay. one second. Uh, ah, yes. Th- th- this is... We've got some breaking news. There was. No, it was um, Liam Neeson to play Philip Marlowe in William Monaghan's Marlowe. Okay. Marlowe and me. <laughs> Come I on. Love, I love this guy. That's why he has top billing. <laughs> Because he's clever as fuck. Uh, so yeah, no. This week at CinemaCon, I yeah. did. I ran a story about Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele last yes. night received the uh, Director of the Year Award. Mm. I, w- I wanted to say he was in Vegas to receive it, but the truth is, is that there was such a nasty dust storm. I'll show you my car outside, dude. Okay. I need to go to the car wash after this. You see, I thought nasty uh, dust storm was the name of one of the strippers. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I'm nasty dust on. Over at the Spearman Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> so Peel couldn't even make it out of Los Angeles last night to get to Vegas to accept so this he award. So he couldn't get out, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Do you see? This guy this, is so clever. This is why it's top billing. Oh, my goodness. Bring the puns. <laughs> By the way, the photo of William Monaghan in this, in this Liam Neeson story that Variety uses. Not good. Is terrifying. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, like yes, dust storm. In, in the middle of CinemaCon, I dropped a story that Jordan Peele is being courted to direct Akira yes. for Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Now, a week or two ago... I, oh my, I would have written the same story about The Flash. Yeah. I'd also heard Jordan's name, Jordan Peele's name uh, for The Flash. Should this come as any surprise? No. No. Get Out made almost... It's over $150 million now mm-hmm. on a $5 million budget. Yeah. Every studio wants to work with this guy. Yeah. Warner Brothers is basically saying, hey, these are the projects that we have in active development. This is what we w- want to get off the ground soon. Why don't you come come and take a look at all these, and if, if there's mm. one that you want to do, it's yours. So that is sort of the way that it was phrased to me. Mm-hmm. Akira is the one that they are really pushing for him to direct. That's been sat on the table for so long. So many people's fingers have been do on that. Do you think, would, I mean, would this be good for Akira? Would he be a good fit? Would Akira be a good fit for him? Or would you rather see him continue to make these socially conscious horror movies? Or get back to doing comedy. Do you know what I would? I, I, I would go for. I wouldn't go for horror. I would like to see him do something that is socially relevant, um, or something like Akira. Because I think for Jordan Peele and certainly the success of Get Out, for me, it's the fact that it wasn't necessarily like we saw a couple of movies last year that were quite low budget, made a shitload of money. Good movies. Get Out was a great movie, one of the best movies I've seen in the last twelve months. I think the fact that we know that he can obviously take a small budget, do great things, and produce a great movie as well, not just a commercially successful one. Akira is a project that I've lost interest in a long time ago. We talked about this on the show previously. But if he was at the helm, I suddenly get a lot more interested in it. So I would be very, very interested in seeing that. But also, I do love his comedic work. 
That's the thing. I mean, well, but he's done a lot I, he, of that stuff. He's talked about wanting to do more horror movies mm. uh, and address you know social social themes yeah. through through genre filmmaking, which I think is awesome. Mm. And I'm totally you know ready for more of that. Mm. Maybe that will be next before he makes the leap to the big budget stuff. You know, we all know Peel from the comedy world, whether from Key and Peel or Mad TV. Uh, so he could go and do another Keanu. But the feeling within the industry is that he is ready to make that uh, leap to big budget stuff right yeah. now. Uh, Akira has had a lot of false starts. It has become a, a troubled project, so to speak. Yeah. At one point, they were close to going in, into production with Jean Macalacera, mm-hmm. uh, directing Garrett Hedlund and Christian Stewart. There was a lot of blowback about whitewashing on uh, yep. with regards to that stuff, and you're seeing the effects of that with Ghosts in the Shell this weekend, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk to uh, talk about yep. later in the show and, and how it performed last night. Um, but Jordan Peele, obviously navigated tricky racial themes uh, quite well in, in Get Out. Very well. And it seems like, you know, he would have the sensitivity to be able to deal with those issues in Akira. Imagine, like, you know, someone on my Twitter said, imagine Akira set in Atlanta with, like, a black cast. That would be fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, there's a lot, I, obviously on Twitter, I saw a lot of, well, this movie needs to have Asian leads, and why Why doesn't it have an Asian director, and, and all mm. this stuff. I don't believe in that kind of thing, where like Asian, an Asian person needs to direct an Asian story, no. or an Asian story needs an Asian director. We, we, that, we've seen plenty of non-Asians direct great Asian movies. Uh, case in point, let's use The Raid, Raid 2. Right. Welsh guy. White yeah, and Welsh. True. Fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. So I get I get the point that I think we should make sure. Oh yeah, I think for Akira we should absolutely have an Asian lead. I think to to not have an Asian lead, it's not going to have an Asian lead. Least. It's not going to have an Asian lead. But let, so let's let's just talk about it realistically. Mm. Like you know, Ghost in the Shell didn't have an Asian lead for a reason, and this one's not going to have an Asian lead for a reason. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I I know that it is about opportunity, and and that if the the uh, if Japanese actors don't get opportunities, you know, how are they? How are they supposed to end up getting roles in, in Akira? But um... You see, who I think would be great for Akira, I mean, probably, unfortunately, a few years too old, was um, uh, Byung Hun Lee. Yeah. Fucking love that guy. Uh, for me, made um, Magnificent Seven. Best thing in that movie for me. Akira is is Japanese, right? Yeah. Byung Hun Lee is not Japanese. No, I, I know. Korean, right? I know. Um... But, but like that—that's also part of the thing too. Like, I, they could even be more offended that the, the Korean is playing a, a Japanese role. Like, you know, to, to lump them all under the, the Asian yeah, thing. No, and, absolutely, I get that. But then, I mean, you, if you do take it to, to that minutia, I think then you, you you have to look at things like why is a white, uh, sorry, why is a British black guy playing who, who's not. Um, a certain African subcontinent playing a character from a certain African other subcontinent. I think we can be a little bit too people. People too in general on it. Twitter are too rigid about that, that stuff. Mm. Like you know, someone was saying, regardless of how Ghost in the Shell opens, well, we're mm. never going to know how it would have opened with Renko Kokuchi. You can't just say yeah. that it would have opened worse. You know, like maybe it would have opened better than mm. ScarJo. The truth is that that, that is crazy talk. Okay. Mm. Other than Jennifer Lawrence, Scarlett Johansson mm. got Ghost in the Shell the best number that it will get. I can, I would stake everything that I own on that. There's mm. no way that a Rinko Kikuchi-led Ghost in the Shell is going to make more money. 
than the current Ghost in the Shell that we have in theaters. It's just, so no, that's fine. That's you fine. Know, it's, it is a financial reality of the business that you are not going to have Asian leads in Akira. I'm almost 100 percent certain mm. of it. Um, so just like you know, come to pe- come to terms with with that. Yeah, uh, it, it sucks, but that is the reality of the business that we are reporting on. True. Um, yeah, that's fine. But I think if you, I think for me it would be that would be, I say easier to accept. I mean, perhaps not the right phrase, but if you do take Akira out of the original location and do put it somewhere else, and there is a reason for it's kind of explained. Right. Yeah, great. P- people explain why it is inherently Japanese to me. I-, I feel like all those elements can be transported to an American setting. Absolutely, which would then explain. Right. The, the change of and that then it kind of to me it makes more sense and it feels and the other thing is it's like you know easier. Warner Brothers went did go after Asian directors mm. like I, I have been on the show and I said that they wanted Justin Lin to do it mm. um, he ended up doing Space Jam 2 at, at the studio people said why not John Chu he's doing Crazy Rich Asians at the studio yeah so it's just like you know maybe these these top level Asian filmmakers they don't want to put themselves inside that box where they're just directing Asian films though obviously Crazy Rich Asians is, is one of those mm. But even that film at Warner Brothers is is a movie that I was told by an executive there that they're that they're nervous about, and that's not a big budget film. That is mm. a mid budget movie based on a huge book that they are you know nervous about. Yeah, which yeah, I mean, says a lot about you know about what's going on up there. But with Jordan Peele at the helm, I would I would absolutely get more interested in seeing Akira. I would like to see. I mean, we found out last week that Robert Rodriguez is going to be doing um, Escape from New York. Yeah, yeah. I see. I would have liked to have seen Jordan Peele do something like that, or perhaps take on the Warriors remake, that kind of thing. That would be sick. Would be brilliant because I think he he brings. Uh, I use the phrase I again. Totally forgot about that. By the way, the Warriors remake. It's been hanging around for ages. I think he could absolutely nail it because I think he could obviously do the drama. He could do the action because there are some really nice little action pieces in in Get Out. And I think he'd also bring a nice cheeky little levity to it as well, like he did with Get Out. Perhaps not so comedic, mm-hmm. but I think the little touches and the little tones and little in-jokes, I think he could handle that absolutely with ease and very, very, very artistically. From what I know about Jordan Peele, he is a true geek. He speaks... He's huge geek. Yeah, he speaks yeah. geek. And so you would think that he would probably be a fan of Akira or, you know, Japanese mm. mangas. Um, to me, Akira is the, is the grand daddy of them all. It is bigger than Ghosts in the Shell. Yep. Uh, and, and, man, I, I think it would be a huge coup for that project to get Peel. Again, I don't know how interested he actually is in doing it, but to me, it was news that they are willing to do whatever it takes to get him on that project. Yeah. Short of that, you know, does The Flash remain an outside possibility? Yes, but I don't see why he would want to, you know... No, I, jo- join you know join the DC uh, DCU inherit all, everyone else's casting decisions. Him directing the Flash, I'm less excited about than uh, any of the other projects right. that we've just thrown out there. But I do think that if he does decide to do a big budget studio movie, it will be at Warner Brothers because they are pretty much ready to yeah. offer him you know whatever big titles they have in which I think would be good because I think again if he did eventually go on to do that whether it's in the next two years three years five years um, I think again as I said before he'll add a gravitas to it and the levity which I think you know that this is that's underpinning of these films that are currently missing from the DC universe he's clearly a wildly talented guy hugely Uh, and a really nice guy and yeah so uh, we can't wait to see what he comes up with next regardless of whatever it is we'll watch it Um, take my money already let's two other I mean a lot of people 
people got directing jobs this week. Mm. Let's let, let's talk about Michael Bay and Paul Greengrass. Yeah, uh, it sounds like Michael Bay is going to do that El Chapa movie after all. Mm. Uh, after Sony just won a bidding war. Part of me would have loved like a a, a, a Coen Brothers esque thing, just because I thought I found the El Chapo story to be so absurd, and like mm. this this little Mexican man is like the most terrifying guy on the planet or whatever. Um, so I saw like a, a comedic element there, but I guess Michael Bay sort of did that with with Pain and Gain. Yeah. Um, but he he and he can also bring the intensity. What what are your thoughts on that? Did you see Thirteen Hours? By the way, no, I haven't. Oh man, you should. No, I know. I, I really I, I keep it. meaning to do it. I think it's on Amazon Prime at the moment. So I am. Michael Bay's actually made point. a few, a couple true stories in a row now. Yeah, um, and he says that he's done with the Transformers franchise. So. Thank God. Did, did you did you saw some more footage from the Transformers? Actually, no, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I walk, I walk, did you skip it? I walked out of the presentation. <laughs> Because I was like, listen, I know what I'm getting at this yeah. point. I don't need to stick around for this. Uh, ju- just to go back to, to Warriors very quickly. Um, oh, yeah, okay. uh, Rooster Brothers apparently doing the uh, Warriors reboot as a Hulu series. Yes, we oh, had really? heard that a while ago. Shit, I didn't even know But that. obviously we don't know whether that's still moving ahead or anything. But if it was to go back and do a movie, then we think Jordan Peele will be great. Um, but yeah, M- Michael Bay, I mean, I... I- I would be definitely more interested to see this done. I mean, is he going to produce or direct at Sony? I think he would direct. Okay, because I I would quite like to see this, rather than done as a gritty drama, because I think we're going to have quite a few of those coming out, is have a little bit of a comedic tone to it. Because I think there is a little bit of comedy behind the El Chapo story. Yeah. You know, especially when we knew about, you know, the journalist meeting with him, Sean Penn, and stuff like that. I think it would be a good time to actually have it as a, uh, not as a serious drama, not as a life story, but almost like a Peter Sellers-esque kind of, <laughs> you know, this in, inept guy kind of thing. I think that would be more, I would be more interested in seeing that. Would you rather see Bay's El Chapo or, mm. if he's going back to Sony That anyways, makes it sound like he's called his penis El Chapo. Do you want to see Bay's El Chapo? No, <laughs> I don't. I hope, he d- I hope he doesn't because I already took that name. Uh, <laughs> uh, Say but, hello to my little friend. If he's if he is, you know, he hasn't. I don't. I don't think he's worked for Sony in a long time. No. If he is going back there, yeah. Would you rather just see him take over Bad Boys Three now? The Carnegie. Yeah, I would. Left? I'd you be know, very much. It, yeah, I'd be very much up for that. that me too. Kind yeah. of. Because I think when he does when he, he when he does that meat and two veg, and again as we saw with things like pain and gain, you know, the, the, with that comedic thing, I think applying that to a third Bad Boys movie, I'd be totally on board for that. And um, I'm not a massive Michael Bay fan, but I'd be on board for that 100. I, I would have been cool with Peter Berg's El Chapo movie too, just because I think he's been yeah uh, crushing that kind of stuff lately. Yeah, very much so. Um, Even if a lot of the films haven't done the box office that they perhaps. Should but yeah, have done. That, that 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 sounds cool. Mm. Uh, it, it seems a little too. Recent, like you know, a little too soon for an El Chapo movie. Maybe give it some time. Yeah, but we'd probably but, be looking at. I mean, where are we now? Twenty seven. I mean, you're right. It wouldn't come out for twenty nineteen. Like <laughs> so that would be four. That's true. Five you, years, and you know, there are kids in school now who would like say nine eleven is like old history for them. So f- five years in news to target audience potentially that's like old man time dude i was uh yesterday amazon threw a luncheon at cinema, CinemaCon. It was, okay. it was hyping its movie the big sick 
yeah. uh, which Judd Apatow produced and, and sold in a bidding war uh, at Sundance to to Amazon. And there was a, there was a hilarious 9-11 joke where uh, Ray Romano... Is that such a thing? Yes. Oh, okay. there, there There is in this context. Ray Romano asks Kumail Nanjiani mm. from Silicon Valley, who's the star of The Big Sick, he's like, so, so you know, what are your thoughts on 9-11? And Kumail's sort of picking up on on what Ray is throwing down. He's like, "Oh, it was such a tragedy. We lost nineteen of our best guys." <laughs> it was oh pretty, boy, it, it, that, that joke fucking killed. Um, <laughs> the, the, whole, wow. the whole the whole room cracked up there. Uh, you know, again with the right joke, you can make fun of anything. True. Uh, obviously, that there's nothing funny about nine eleven. No, but per se. That, that that was a very uh, you can find graceful, comedy in dark places tasteful joke yeah, exactly yeah. Uh, we'll we'll jump from from Michael Bay and El Chapo over to Paul Greengrass mm. doing a Ness I think it's called yeah that's the title that they're going for that's the Elliot Ness movie but you and I and most people who are listening to the show would know it as Torso yeah uh, now this is one of my favorite graphic novels it's over at Paramount. I had lost track of it okay. for a while, um, and it, you know, uh, co-written by it's Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Andreco. Mark Andreco on the Lions Den fa- in the in the faction in the Schmodown. I have been meaning to bring in my torso book for him to autograph, uh, okay. which would be a huge thrill for me. But uh, Andreco did not let me in on this one; he kept it secret. Right, um, and, and Deadline was the one that broke it. But uh, but the idea of Greengrass tackling this material, oh my god, so fucking. Exciting. Exciting. This yeah. was going to be a David Fincher project. It is essentially about a, a serial killer on mm. the loose in Ohio. I forget if it's Cleveland or, or one of the other cities there. Okay. Uh, and, and only Elliot Ness can, can bring him down. It's a great story. Have, great you, have, have, you, have you read the graphic no, novel? No, I haven't read the graphic novel. I'm gonna, no. I, 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 I'll bring it in because okay. uh, it's a quick read. You can read it in like an hour read, or two. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I can't read. This is really. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Simon struggles with dyslexia. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, what, it's, was, um, what was Greengrass's last uh, movie? Oh, God. Was it... Captain Phillips? Yeah. Oh, I think man. he was. He, he's one of our, our great directors, Greengrass. Um, I was going to say Bourne, but it, he didn't... Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah, it was. Bourne. It was, yeah. was Bourne. You're yeah. right. It was Jason Bourne. I forgot that he came back to that franchise, and yeah. which was a fucking nightmare. But the script is, is um, uh, Brian Helgeland, right? I think so. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're, genius. Yeah, there's 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 some prestige around this yeah. Elliot Ness movie. Um, I don't know who I would like to see play him. I'd have to think about that one. I don't think I can be put on the spot for Kevin Elliot Ness casting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kevin Costner again. <laughs> yeah, but that right. would be why good. not? Why not Kevin Hart? Why not Kevin? Um, I'm just glad. Always to number see one on the speed. Greengrass round. tackling. Something dark and edgy mm. and not doing the safe born type thing. Yeah. And also not doing like actually is, I don't as Tori's well, story. It's, it's interesting forget. with, with Born because I mean that you know, from having a great character, it just appeared to lack character. Born was lack such structure. An, it was such it was not a great the movie. Last one. But then you know, you look back at say Captain Phillips and everything about that was strong. Yeah, I mean that, that is was where a, he's so in dealing with this would give him a real chance to get you know that United ninety three Bloody Sunday yeah yeah Greengrass is one of the best filmmakers that we have absolutely agree he obviously, he obviously crushed the action sequences in, in the first two Born sequels mm. but I don't I still think that those are good movies like it's the other three films that represent his best work to me yeah I think um, I think that this though when you know he could really get into the, the you know the meat of the character and I think do some really nice 
drawing and filling out. I wonder if it would out. be black or wh- black and white. Probably not for financial reasons, but uh, yeah, I'm, I think that was Fincher's plan mm. back in the day was to film it in black and white. That would be awesome. What about um, Tom Hanks? Elliot Ness. That would be. They work together. I'm all for more. Well, Hanks. I don't know how old. Ne- I think Ness is supposed to be a little bit younger in this. But but may, but he may already be like the fabled Elliot Ness. I, mean, yeah. I have to go back and read Torso. Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah. That's dude. Hugh Jackman stopping a fucking serial killer. It'll be there. awesome. Grizzly. Uh, and 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 again, we'll, we'll every time we mention a, a new movie star, I have to talk about their their latest trailer. So we, I don't know if that this is hit online. It probably has the Greatest Showman trailer. Is that? Uh, I haven't seen it online. No. Okay, that looks really good. Like Hugh Jackman could be in the mix for. An Oscar this mm. year, not just with Logan, which was amazing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I know I know Fox is going to make a big push uh, on Hugh Jackman for The Greatest Showman, where he plays P.T. Barnum. Yeah, uh, he practically invented show business. Um, I, am, I am very interested in that as a film. Yeah, very he would so. make a cool Elliot Ness. You are right. Yeah, Simon, full of great ideas today. You really, you. you really brought your A game for someone who's very tired. When, when you, for someone who's tired, but when you, you're, you're really earning the top billing, top billing, today. top That's billing. Right. Just want to mention there you go. Um, and, and speaking of directors, uh, yeah. we talked about Bay and Greengrass. Those guys are veterans. Let's talk about some, uh, an up and comer, so to speak, mm. who I'd completely forgotten about in the context of a director. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah, is in talks to direct Wingmen, a, mu- a you know a musical comedy with Channing Tatum. Yeah, now he has been attached to star in this thing for years. Uh, him and Channing, they've mm. they've wanted to do a musical together. There was talk about them doing a Guys and Dolls remake, but this was you know then they wanted to do an I original thing. That. But it had it has been without a director for all this time, and and Gordon Levitt is you know, it seems like he's convincing the studio to, to give him a shot. Now he directed Don John, that was his directorial yeah. debut, which I really liked. I loved it. Yeah. I thought Don John was Didn't fantastic. It did no business, which is why I have completely forgotten about Gordon Levitt mm. as a director. Like I don't think of him in that context. Yeah. But I think this is kind of in his wheelhouse, like the the yeah. light musical kind of thing. Uh, he obviously does a lot of filmmaking with Hit Record, mm-hmm. you know, his yep. crowdsourced uh, sort of creativity website. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like it. Yeah. No, I do. Very much so. I mean, to be honest with you, I think, I mean, I didn't really love Snowden, but I enjoyed him in Snowden. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see him direct again. It's been what five years? Yeah, it's been five years. It's yeah, been, it's been a while. I forget which year Don John was. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought Don John was oh, really that movie. good. Yeah, um, and I heard that a little tidbit. I was talking to someone who who read the Wingman script. Okay, and they said that there is a scene where I think Gordon Levitt is like pissing outside. Uh, and he's and he's peeing or you know wrapping up his business while singing "Shake It Off." Get it? <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, I, I, this is this is supposed to be a, a raunchy sort of R-rated musical comedy, yeah. and I'm all for uh, experimenting with that. I genre. wonder if Taylor Swift would let them use the music for that. She, probably she has works. a pretty good sense good of humor about herself, yeah. and if it's Joe and uh, Channing Tatum doing the asking, yeah, tough to turn those guys down, right? Yeah, no, you, absolutely. Uh, I would never say no to Channing Tatum. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know where you were going with that, but um, another director... <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Uh, Chris Addison, 
Um, I was quite surprised to see this actually. Do you, do you um, know him? Are you I familiar do. with him? Yeah, yeah. Well, he started out in the UK, sort of, you know, quite a while ago, um, as a stand-up comedian, um, and then he obviously joined things like The Thick of It um, as a as an as an actor, oh, okay. and then he started um, directing some episodes, and he's gradually moved into a director role at Veep. Um, That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. He's, so he's not like a musical theater guy. He's not like... No, no, no. He's he's a comedy background, okay, comedy, okay, comedy okay, and drama. Okay. Um, a really good actor, and he's got a really nice eye for direction. But I was quite surprised to see him, uh, you know, being in line to do Dirty Rotten Scandals, which is the, the remake with Anne Hathaway and... Um, and Rebel Wilson, And right? Rebel Wilson, yeah. I think it'd be great. His comedic timing is great. Really, but, but really that's good. That's good to know. I, Veep, I honestly... Sorry, go on. His work on Veep is... Top notch. See, I don't really watch Veep. Um, Great show. And I, nor do I think a lot about, I guess, sitcom directing. Mm. But obviously, there's plenty of skill there. Yeah. I don't know much about Chris Addison beyond the fact that Anne Hathaway is a big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I and other trade reporters, I think, had been tracking him to do uh, the Warner Brothers movie The Shower with yeah. Anne Hathaway. Which is uh, what is it? A zombie? You had me with Anne Hathaway. It's and either shower. an alien invasion or a zombie invasion in the middle of like you know a, uh, a baby shower or whatever. That's cool. Is that, is that what it was? I forget. I, I like that idea. Um, so, anyways, that 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 is why he was sort of on my radar. But it's not surprising that he ends up doing this. Mm. Uh, Hathaway must have put in a good word or something. Um, I think it would work because I mean, certainly if he wants to to use some of the obviously because it, they're changing the, the the sex of the of the leads, but and the title, right? It's called Nasty Women, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Yeah, and I think if they want to take if they want to change a lot of things, but kind of keep that, there's a kind of a slightly British tone to the original, and I think if they want to kind of keep that almost farcical thing, I think to have someone like Chris who gets farce really really well, I think that would be a really nice mix. Okay, could potentially be serious box office there aside from just having two big stars in it which would mean good box office anyway i think it would be really it would be a, a comedy with brains i am actually looking forward to that hathaway rebel wilson pa- pairing I, i'm a yeah. big ann hathaway guy i think she's wonderful uh i'm assuming ann hathaway is going to play the um uh the uh, rebel wilson's going to play the um the michael kane I'm not. I'm not sure uh, how that's going to work out. I was never yeah. a big Dirty Rotten Scoundrels guy. Gotta be I thought honest. it was good. I mean, I didn't. I didn't love it. I know it's, it's revered by many people, but I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was amazing. Um, I remember the time there got a there, huge there, amount of. Love. It, there's a there's a third lead in that, isn't there? Yeah, I can't remember. There's three is, leads. Though. Okay, so I I don't know who will be joining in mm. Rebel. Um, all right. Martin Lawrence. <laughs> He's available. Bring him a fat suit. Let's do. Let's talk about some casting stuff. Big Mama's uh, Nasty Girls. Colin Farrell in talks for Dumbo. Mm. This was the role that, that Chris Pine had been rumored for, and, yeah. and Will Smith. Um, sounds good to me. Colin Farrell and, and Eva Green in a Tim Burton movie. I think that worked really well together. I'm down for that. Yeah. He's doing a lot of these big budget sort of fantasy family friendly films. I don't know. How, does he have kids? I don't know how old they are. I don't. No, if he not that kids, that's the only reason actually. to do these movies. I think but. it's he was kind of in the wilderness for a while, Colin Farrell. His star kind of dropped a bit, and I think by doing these, obviously they're good money, they're good profile. I mean, he started sort of, sort of his renaissance with um, uh, Saving Mrs. Banks. I think when he was in that, yeah, you know, true, true Detective. Even though that wasn't you know critically yep. reviled, just getting that yeah. role was big. Uh, yeah. And then Fantastic Beast. Now is he is he coming back for that sequel? I didn't I see Fantastic so. Beasts. I don't know what the no, deal is with that. No, because he became his character became Johnny Depp. They he became one another. I, th- I think so. If I remember correctly. I, am I remembering correctly? Oh my god! The end of that movie. 
Because they, they um, puts me at a disadvantage not seeing this, these movies. Remember. But you know what? I, I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah, no, it's um, In Bruges was another one. Someone's, uh, Dino has just said in the chat. It was another great movie. I, I think that's... It's, it's so long, and I haven't revisited that film. It's just come out on Home Entertainment. I think that's what happened. I can't remember. Um, um, but yeah, so... Yeah, no. Real quick about, you know, you just just because you mentioned In Bruges, did mm. you see that, that trailer for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? I did. Holy shit. I absolutely love that. That's fucking fire. Yeah. That looks really, France, really give, funny. Give Francis McDormand an Oscar already. Yeah. Uh, so good. I, I mean, I can't wait for that thing. It'll be interesting That's to see a real movie. how they market that because the title is oh, going to be a fucker to try and remember. A, it is a. I mean, they'll it's probably become known as three billboards. Three, exactly, yeah. three billboards. But uh, um, but no, I mean that, that genuinely, I think is is a film I'm absolutely looking yeah, forward to shot, seeing. Yeah, that shot up the list. Yeah, I can't wait to see. Um, that. And Danny DeVito is also in Dumbo, though. Yes, you know, after playing the, the penguin in, in Batman Returns for mm. for Tim Burton. Hopefully, uh, you know, that one comes together nicely. Talking to Danny DeVito, here's something. And I'll we'll, tie this together with, with Jordan Peele, who we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know that we're talking about doing a twin sequel? Yeah, yes, with Eddie Murphy. Jordan Peele directing that, if he wants to do a comedy project. <laughs> That's been sitting on the shelf for a long time. Nothing's I, happened with it. I'm sure he would love to work with Eddie Murphy. Uh, I don't know if Eddie Murphy still makes sense for, for that movie. Uh, I'd watch it. I would absolutely watch that. I love Eddie Murphy. We listen. Everybody loves Eddie Murphy, but you know, no, nobody's been seeing his movies of late. True, but his heyday. And and now and now we've got Robert Downey Jr. taking over the role of Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, yeah, but he was never going to go <laughs> back to that. No, of course not. <laughs> he was never going back. Doctor Doolittle, the second one was I not. Said, good. I, I'm down to see another Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's just have Jordan well, Peele directing all of these movies. Well, do you know what I would? Ab- Jordan Peele doing a Beverly Hills Cop. I would absolutely be me down too. for that. Fuck, I mean, hundred percent, hundred percent, two hundred percent. Huge. What else do we? Just got? a few ideas, Jordan. I know you're asking for career advice, right? Because you need it right now. Uh-huh. From a little bald British guy and <laughs> oh, 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 O'Shea Jackson, yeah, Junior, mm-hmm. excuse me, O'Shea Jackson Junior, joining Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, uh, I, I just thought that this announcement was funny because his his straight out of Compton cohorts, Jason Mitchell and Corey Hawkins, were both in Kong Skull Island. Exactly, there was no room for him, uh, or maybe he was busy doing something else, and so they're like, all right, let's let's get the third leg of that trilogy. Whoever the fourth guy was in Straight Outta Compton, sucks to be him. <laughs> I think it was that Neil Brown. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you think of the big three from Straight Outta Compton, and, and Legendary obviously wants to uh, keep in business with that trio uh, by by getting great. You know, I mean, good actor. Good actor. And again, it's this thing we've always gone back to, is like that there's a lot of um, uh, non-white talent out there right now that are just waiting for, for these roles to come through to, to elevate them up, rather than doing one really good project and take through. And I think it's a great example. Um, really cool. It's good to see they're making room for him in these in this project. I want to see NWA go up against Godzilla. I would watch that movie. <laughs> Godzilla versus Lizards NWA. with Attitude. <laughs> I'd watch that. Um, yeah, we're, again, we, we still don't really have plot details on what Godzilla King of the Monsters is going to be about. We but know that we, there's a family we, at the center of it. No, do you don't care? need... 
No, it's going to be Godzilla Smash. Exactly, stomping around. Uh, But I am curious to see what role O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays in that film. Um, elsewhere, what's on next? What's next on your list? Okay, um, we'll talk about some trailers in a bit as well. Um, but I yes. wanted to talk about we kind of going back to what we Holy discussed shit, at the top sh- of the show. So it's already nine fifty eight. We've got to fucking move this along. Yeah, um, Aaron Sorkin apparently taking meetings with DC and Marvel. Yeah, that, I would. That's big. Totally get on board with anything they wanted to and, do and with th- him. This would normally be like a rumor that I would like probably brush off. Yeah, but this was a quote from Sorkin saying like, "No, I have these meetings coming up." Yeah, and. He's not a comic book guy. He didn't grow up reading any of this stuff. He no. doesn't really care about it that much. Uh, but the possibility is always there. And it's, it's exciting that DC clearly wants to improve its scripts. Yes. I think DC needs him more than Marvel needs him. But I would love to see a Marvel movie of his. Um, Hands down. 100%. By the way, I think during the Transformers presentation, they said that there were... 14 writers in that room coming yeah. up with ideas. Holy shit. Yeah. Too many cooks, man. Too Way many Way too many. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about the trailers while we still can. Then okay, cool. G- I mean, shit, how did the show go this quickly? This is <laughs> so crazy. talk about this week. Uh, it. it. If, if you're in it. the booth and, and can throw us a, a timer and maybe give us a few more minutes, that would be awesome. Uh, I just want to know exactly how much time we have left in this show. Let's talk about it. 10 minutes. Great. Cool. It looked fucking awesome. Yeah. Seriously, hands down, very excited. Cannot yeah. wait for it to there roll There was around. a lot of, like, the sort of jump scares or, like, net loud noise mm. and, you know, Pennywise freaking out. But It looks I, beautiful. Yeah, I love the aesthetic. Absolutely beautiful. People were calling this the Stranger Things aesthetic and nah, that we're going to get... This, no, Stranger Things ripped off it. Yeah. I think all the kids looked really good. Bill Skarsgård looks fucking terrifying as yeah. Pennywise. And just like the art direction, like that red balloon, mm. that is, that is gonna haunt my dreams. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm genuinely. I, I, my greatest fear is the fact that this, for some reason, whatever the reason is, doesn't deliver. That would really genuinely upset me. But everything at the moment is pointing from that trailer. I don't want to see much more of the movie. So marketing, don't put too many clips and stuff out there. I want to see that movie, and I want to shit my pants. That's what I want to do. Don't <laughs> spoil it. I'm, I'm taking a second pair in there with me. <laughs> Something's going to get Just soiled. Just in case he needs a change. Wipe down that seat. Yeah. I genuinely want that to scare the living crap the, out of it, me. The it trailer delivered. Yeah. You know, and, and like New, New Line included in its presentation, we saw a little, it was a little bit different than, than the trailer. Mm. Um, I, I can't say I, I've loved what New Line has been up to as far as horror it's lately. With, with the Conjuring. I didn't like the Conjuring movies. I don't, I'm not going to see the, the Annabelle movies. Didn't like the second one. Didn't yeah. like Annabelle. Very curious to see what happens with the second one. Which got a new title this week, of course. Right, Annabelle Creation. Yeah. I just love that you see all these movies. But for, for me, it, it, is the, it is the one that I am holding out for yeah. uh, and have very high hopes for. And I think Andy Muschietti? Is that how? I think so. Muschietti, maybe? It might be Muschietti with a hard I uh, honestly sound there in the middle. Uh, it sounds like he was the right guy to come in and replace Kerry Fukunaga. Mm. Would have been interesting to see what Kerry did for that, yep. but yeah. Um, okay, what other trailers do you want to talk uh, to? Because i got to give you the CinemaCon report. Okay, uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. Like, uh, dropped I, I already yesterday. told you. Loved it. Looks incredible. If you haven't seen it, you really should check that out. Seriously. It's I a, mean, It's a great franchise. I've loved both these these, these last two movies. I think this is going to be the biggest one yet. And, I think it's going to be huge. And I think that the Batman is in very good hands with Matt Reeves. Yes. Couldn't, they, you know, they made a very good decision bringing him in. Uh, and Spider-Man Homecoming, which will lead us into um, CinemaCon as well. Uh, I really like this. 
Genuine, and I really, really like this trailer. I'll tell you, I, I was on the set uh, in Atlanta. Yes, that's right. They took us through the whole movie. I can't say much about it. Mm-hmm. I signed an NDA. But, you know, needless to say, from, from what I, I... I don't go on a lot of those set visits. Yeah. And I was told by the guys down there that, that do go on them that Marvel showed an unusual amount. Mm-hmm. They showed a lot of the movie, except for, like, you know, one or two scenes here and there. Um, I am very confident in it. I, th- I think it's going to strike just the right tone. Yeah. I think John, John Watts was the guy, and the John Hughes approach that he's bringing to it is going to work, and Michael Keaton looks like a super fun uh, villain. With just the seems to hold together a lot more than the Andrew Garfield movies. I mean, I didn't like bad. The Amazing Those Spider-Man, really and I really didn't like the second one. Yeah. Um, he was a good Spider-Man. He was. The rest but of the, the film was right. the problem. It was, that the, was the movie the around him, um, and I think that... That has been addressed this yeah. time around. But it just looks beautiful. I mean, genuinely, I, I love the look. I love the feel. Good. I'm very excited about that. Very excited. Um, we got a, we got a, a look at some Matt Damon movies yes. at Paramount. Yep. Uh, Suburbicon and Downsizing. He stars in George Clooney's movie and Alexander Payne's movie. Mm-hmm. Both of them looked really good. There was a lot of talk uh, about, about Downsizing because they showed us a whole 10-minute sequence. Yep. And this is where M- Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig uh, shrink themselves down. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, life is just a lot easier when you're smaller. You have to eat less food. Your clothes cost less because, yeah. you know, there's so, so much less fabric. Yeah. Um, there's just less things to worry about when you're a teeny tiny person the size of a finger, I guess. Uh, and, and it looks like a really bizarre, weird, unique, original, interesting movie. And who better than, than Alexander Payne to explore that world with? Uh, and George Clooney's Suburbicon. Again, plot. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the plot is, but it seems like Matt Damon wants to kill his wife potentially for the insurance money, and mm-hmm. then his son finds out about that plan. And then you have Oscar Isaac as this insurance investigator who sort of senses that something is rotten. It just looked like a really uh, good dark comedy. Yeah, Paramount. It's nice to see them making these adult movies. Um, it's kind of like Death Becomes Him. They don't have a lot of great franchises, and the ones that they do have are aging out, whether yeah. it's Mission Impossible or, or Star Trek or whatever. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think this is the, the, the way to go. Get Matt Damon in a couple of really original movies. We saw a first look at The Dark Tower. Yes, which has been moved slightly, but I wouldn't read too much into what that. What do you mean? Uh, the, the, the release date, I think, has been moved slightly, hasn't it? Oh, I don't. I, yeah. I didn't know if that was like a new thing or... Okay. Um, I saw some mixed I, reactions about that I online. I don't think it looked very good. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not a fantasy guy. I've never read any of these books. I yeah. feel like the people who do read the books felt like the trailer really captured them. Okay. But people were saying it looked more sci-fi and techy than they were expecting. Yeah, that I got that vibe, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how interesting the main kid is going to be. There was some awesome stuff with Idris Elba, mm-hmm. uh, like... He definitely lived up to the name The Gunslinger. Yeah. There's some odd, like, the way that he reloads his guns, it was sick. And, and Matthew McConaughey has some really cool stuff. Like, it just shoots him, and, and McConaughey just catches the bullet without even turning around. Uh, there are some moments, and, and those two actors are, are a lot of fun to watch. I just have my reservations. Matthew McConaughey for Elliot Ness. He would be really good, He'd too. He'd be good. Just saying. Dude, you're on top of this. You should be casting just, director. I should be. Um, I start on Monday. 
We saw we saw more footage from the mummy, which looks <laughs> genuinely very excited big. about I mean, that. Yeah, the, like I'm really looking forward. It looks scary. When I asked uh, Josh Dickey over at at, uh, at Mashable mm. what he was most excited for, he, he said, "Yeah, the mummy was the, the presentation that really surprised him the most." Um, this summer, genuinely, I, I, I know every summer looks quite strong, but we it does look like we're going to get some genuinely really good solid. Consistent, solid blockbuster movies. There's this a summer. lot of good. I have the whole list right here. Yeah, really good. It's, it's going to be genuinely good exciting. Uh, Alien Covenant looked terrifying. Oh my god! Uh, there's just so many all, all these yeah. new aliens, and they're just ripping fucking through people. Like this is a a hard R movie from from. Do Rid- it. It sounds from Ridley. He's not fucking around. But that's worked well for Fox. Yep. So far, so it's a, it's a good thing for them to do, and I think that's something that the Alien movies that we've seen, you know, in the last couple of years, are kind of of missed really. Is that viscerality? Mm-hmm. So, give me blood. Uh, Blade Runner. We saw more footage from. Looks cool. tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you know the, the plot is still a bit of a mystery. I mean, I've, I've talked on the show what I think it's about, but uh, but visually incredible. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve is, is just every every studio is going to want to work with this guy. Gosling look like a badass. All the women in this are really exciting. Mm. Um, now, I've, oh, I've interviewed so Denis a couple of times in the last few months, and obviously around Arrival and stuff, and he tends to be a very contained guy, very controlled. When he talks about Blade Runner, he gets very excited, mm-hmm. as, as excited and animated as he gets as an individual. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about that. The movie that got me stoked was Annihilation. Alex Garland's follow-up mm. to Ex Machina with uh, Natalie Portman, Gina Rodriguez, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Wait until that trailer hits. My goodness. Uh, that movie is going to be awesome. Baywatch looked great. Had some huge laughs. I think that's going to be a gigantic, you know, the summer comedy. I think that's going to deliver where Chips failed to deliver. Yeah, it'll I be, think, it'll be it's following the, the 21 Jump Street uh, yeah. model. We're going to have to wrap up soon. I wanted uh, Simon to get in a box office report, so take it away, buddy. Okay, so two big releases this week. Obviously, Ghost in the Shell, which we touched on earlier, and Boss Baby. Uh, previews last night, uh, Thursday, Ghost in the Shell, about 1.8, Boss Baby. 1.5, which I was quite surprised about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ghost in the Shell's kind of in line with 10 Cloverfield Lane about a year ago. Both of those films are looking at doing 30 million this weekend, so they're going to be close, but they're going to take second place, second or third, it'll be tight, because it looks like Beauty and the Beast in its third weekend is going to do 50 million. 50? Wow. 50 million, I feel like that'll, it'll come in closer to 40 to 45. Um, I can see... Boss Baby doing a little bit better than estimates, closer yeah. to thirty-five to forty, and I can actually see Ghost in the Shell doing a little bit worse mm. uh, in, in the twenty-five to thirty range. Um, do you think that the whitewashing thing is having an effect on it, or people don't give a I shit? Don't, I don't. Th- I think the general audience don't care in the nicest possible way. I just don't think they're that bothered by it as right. much as the right. community. Us, are bothered us bloggers, about it. exactly. We yeah. care about it, and and certainly it's some people clearly on an Twitter. issue. But I don't think the, the what I call normal people, right. handing over their money, really care about it that much. So uh, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you there, um, but hopefully it does well because I want to see yeah. more more mangas adapted and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, um, we're gonna have to wrap up real quick. I did see Fate of the Furious. Yes. I don't know what I can say. Okay. It does have some great action sequences in it that are real jaw droppers, but again. It's just just missing an element or two. Uh, 
uh, yeah, it's become like this James Bond thing, and, and we do, you know, miss Paul Walker an awful lot. Yeah, and also just cars, Scott, racing. Scott Eastwood's no, no real replacement. No. That'll do it for this week's Meet the Movie Press. A lot to talk about. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Yep. Simon, where can the, can the good folks find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Simon, and you can find me on Facebook. This is Simon Thompson. Jeff, where can they find you? I'm at The Insider on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me at uh, the tracking board, mm-hmm. tracking-board.com, where I'm the editor-in-chief. Thank you, as always, yes. for watching the Popcorn Talk Network here. Like Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe. Share. Check out Ghost in the Shell so we can get a good Akira movie. Yeah. Uh, Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Don't fall for April Fool's stories. <laughs> They're all bullshit. <laughs>